Hey guys, I'm Jason Guyman, host of the King of Pressure Wash podcast. I am a self-employed entrepreneur. I grew my pressure washing business to a million dollar business in just under five years. And now I'm helping hundreds of pressure washers start and grow their pressure washing business also. I'm helping you so that you can be the king of pressure washing in your area. Today's show is going to be an awesome show on the King of Pressure Wash podcast. Are you ready to get to the next level? Let's get started. What up, guys? Jason Guyman here with PressureWashHelp.com, King of Pressure Washing. And today, we're going to talk about five-star reviews. We're going to talk a little bit about websites and things that can help you grow your business, things that can help you get to the next level. But before I get there, I want to thank everyone that came to Dallas and saw and came up and told me hi and, you know, tell me about your story. And that's what I love, how I can help you start and grow businesses. I talked to um, Wild Wild West, which I'm sure he's, I'm surprised he's not already on here. We talked to um, Jeremy Main, um, got to hear his story and how he has went from a garbage man to doing probably going to do close to $300,000 this year in pressure washing and Christmas lights. And so that is what I love to do is, is hear your all story of how you are growing and getting to the next level. So I'm not going to sit here and talk all night about that. I want to talk more about why is it important to get five-star reviews? How do we get five-star reviews? If you have questions on anything about your Google My Business on the five-star reviews and, and website, just put them in there and your question may get asked. But so first off, let me know. I have Sean on here. So tell me a little bit about yourself, Sean. Uh, yeah, so I my name is Sean Hill. I'm the community director at Nice Job. Uh, I was the first ever community marketing manager, now the first ever community director. Uh, I, I hail from uh, the great city of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, which usually elicits a reaction from somebody when I say that. Uh, but actually, Nice Job is headquartered in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Uh, so I have a whole North American experience going on here. Uh, but my background uh, wasn't actually in uh, small business or, or home services or anything of that nature. I actually kind of came up through sports and entertainment. Uh, and I use that sort of background uh, and that sort of knowledge to really learn about engaging people. Um, also, what drives them, uh, sort of their passion, uh, but ultimately allowed me to do some creative and innovative things, some of which you uh, you may have seen, uh, especially if you've seen a big orange mascot from the National Hockey League. Uh, my fingerprints are all over that guy guy in particular. Um, but it gave me kind of an interesting perspective. And that's why I try to bring the nice job is I, you know, I host our own podcast, things like that. So I'm learning along the same way, but I really come down to uh, if you're in a people business, uh, that's really what's going to drive everything and really drive your success in life is uh, how you work with other people. And, you know, that's one thing I always hit on is yes, we are a pressure washing business, but you know, as Kirk Kempton has always, he's told me a long time ago, and I've always used it, you know, we're not a pressure washing business. At the end of the day, we are a customer service business that just so happens to spray water, that just so happens to do whatever you do. And and in today's world, communication is probably the biggest thing that a lot of people lack out there, whether you don't answer your phone or you don't do all of those things. But so one thing that can help separate us, and, and a lot of times, 
people will write this down in their reviews of how well you're doing the good things. You know, if in if you do all the little things, that will come out in that five-star review. And so let's work down that road of what are some things that we need to do to be able to, or how important are those five-star reviews when we're trying to get them? So uh, the importance of five-star reviews is huge, right? Because one, it's uh, public feedback. So really any review of any star value is going to give you some sort of benefit. Well, having it be the top score, the top value, obviously is going to give you maximum benefit. So every single review, you're going to learn something from. But those five-star reviews is something that someone that has zero knowledge of what you're doing. So you talked about, you know, we're a customer service, but, you know, we're just spraying water. But that's not exactly how you would describe the ins and outs of what you do, right? There's some technical elements or some things you learned to kind of along the way. However, if I need your services and I know nothing. All I want to know first is, are you good at it? And then what exactly makes you good at it? And that five star right off the top, and especially the review has detail, that hits those first two questions before you even have to do anything. So before you're even opening up your mouth, before you're showing them any marketing material, you're going to get that social proof right off the top. So five star reviews are imperative. And for those that might say like, oh, well, it's it, I'm just going to do word of mouth. I'm just going to do referrals. I don't want to kind of get into this game. Even if it's not publicly posted on a Google My Business, things like that, the five-star review is also an entity on itself. And so it really runs everything. It's, you know, the old saying of cash rules everything around me. It's kind of the reviews. It's kind of social proof because that's going to lead to more money and things like that. So, yeah, it's it's incredibly important. And, and I'm still shocked now uh, here in 2021 that there's people that don't understand why they should start collecting reviews. Um, you know, depending on how you go about it, it's a different sort of question, but you want to get that feedback back because especially as the world goes more digital, you're just going to get left further and further behind. Yes. And that's one thing that I always push. And, and that's one thing that I kind of always said is, is your five-star reviews and that are kind of your, your social proof. It is what it, you know, that's what, that's what other people say, how great you are, you know? And a lot of times I like it because sometimes you might get down and you start feeling sucky and that kind of stuff. And, you know, those are some things that you can go look at and say, you know what? I did this person and they were amazing. I did this person and they were amazing. And so that is definitely something to do when we do that. Now, you had mentioned something about like, even if you don't get a five-star review or a one-star review. Now, what should we do with a one-star review? Should we just go crying and see if we can get it deleted off? Or what do we need to do at that point? I mean, I want to say that is an option. I don't want to say, you know, if you feel like it's the best option for you, I don't think it's the best option that's actually going to help you in the long run. But sometimes a good cry and a good temper tantrum helps you out. But no, if you get a one-star review, first thing you have to do is you got to learn from it, right? Because I usually say that every bad review is just a failure to meet expectations. That's all it is. Now, the client, the customer, whatever, you know, phrase you want to use there, their expectations could be unrealistic. I thought this job was going to be done in 10 minutes. I thought it was going to cost $2 and I thought I was never going to have to get it clean again. That could be the expectations going in, right? So how do you take someone that has those expectations and how do they end up in a one-star review? Well, you're probably thinking, well, it's because that's unrealistic. But did you tell them that here's why it's going to cost more than $2? Here's why it's going to take more than that. And here's why we recommend regular maintenance, right? Now, if you presented all of that and they still thought all that, and they say that, well, then there's your response right there. Like, oh, you know, we apologize, miscommunication. We tried to explain, you know, that our process, uh, you know, in order to do this, this, and this is going to take at least 25 minutes, you know, uh, you know, blah, blah. So 
it's all about failing the expectations. So if you get a bad review, the first thing you want to do is respond to it. Uh, and the way you want to respond to it is to kind of say, hey, we failed to meet expectations. This is what we want to change. This is what we want to do differently. And again is, hey, we want to make sure everyone knows that this doesn't take five minutes. Like you don't have to, it's not like you're compromising or you have to actually change what you're doing in that sense. It's unrealistic. But you want to put that out there because what you want to do is create a scenario where someone reading it is now trying to identify, am I that customer or am I not? So if you have identified that this customer expected this, this, and this, and we want to make changes or the change you want to make is to let them know that this, this, and this is impossible. If they feel that they're that exact same client, they're probably not going to go with you. But then again, they're a one-star client. They're a client that can't be satisfied. But if there's someone that goes, no, I know this is going to take longer. I know it gets that. What they're going to do is they're going to look for the next review. And if you're constantly getting five-star reviews, that's a lot more to look at than those one-stars. So the one-star reviews don't really hurt you. It gives you a chance to learn. But if you get a one-star review and you deserve it, you got to fix it, right? And so that's why you shouldn't fear any review because in the long run, people do use their brains. The customers that you want are going to be looking for specific things in these reviews. Even if they're the person that looks the, the best three reviews and the worst three reviews, that's their strategy that they think that only they do. Even if that's their strategy, what you're trying to do is what is the mindset that makes them the ideal customer? What do they want to see? What do they want to hear? And chances are that's not going to be included in one star reviews. So don't worry about them. Now, if they're fake, go ahead and try to report them. Um, you know, if it's a competitor or something, there's some greasiness, definitely address that sort of head on. But if it's just someone that that you didn't satisfy, figure out either A, how to satisfy them or B, identify why they're not, they're not your ideal client and get over it. Yes, 100%. I hope my, I know you guys are saying my volume needs to go up, but 100%. And, you know, like I've said before, you know, we're not going to make 100% people happy in the first place. Now, do way you react to that one star review can either be really good or really bad. If you don't react and do nothing to that one star review, that's not going to help you out in the end. That's actually going to hurt you in the end. Um, because, you know, a lot of times when I'm looking for a company, I look at their one-star reviews, and the reason why I do, I want to know if that company is going to fix that problem, or are they going to, you know, hey, I'm sorry, blah, 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 you know, you just go down that route to be able to be able to get that one-star review and maybe make it a five-star review, because a lot of times, if it's your fault and you go in there and get it, they will edit it to a back to a five-star review, and so those are the reasons why that you got to work on those one-star reviews. And, you know, there's always going to be a Karen out there at the end of the day. And, you know, in that Karen, you just got to deal with it and make it work to, to the better of your good at the end of the day. And to go along with that is that uh, you talked about people look at one-star reviews not to try to find a reason not to book you. What they look is they want to see if at some point something doesn't feel right or some point, you know, you and I have sort of a disagreement. How you react to that? And it's almost if you're picking a romantic partner. All right. If we're both making a ton of money, you know, we're all doing that. Like that's why the vows are in sickness and in health, because you want to know how it's going to be when it's bad. And so that's why people look at one star reviews. They're not looking to go like, ah, see, I told you, I told you. What they're looking for is, OK, if they start doing something that I don't like and I address it. Am I going to get someone that's going to, you know, cross their arms, pout off and tell me I'm an idiot? Or are they going to be someone that's going to try to adjust and make sure that my satisfaction or make sure that my needs are being met? If you can show that, which you usually can show better in your one-star reviews, honestly, that's going to get you more. So again, I'll say it again. Do not fear one-star reviews. 
Don't go out trying to get them. If you can get all five stars, please just keep that going. But when it comes in, think of what you can learn from it. Think how you can get better. And that makes you more attractive in the long run. Yep. That's 100% true. So what, um, what are, what's a way to, when, when is, or let me think how I want to reward this one. Um, how many five-star reviews do we need to have? Like one or two or what's, what is there, an, especially being from nice job and seeing the differences there, is there an option, uh, you know, like an optimal, how many that we need or anything like that, that data can show us or help us with? Yeah, so it's a little bit tricky because a lot of it depends on, uh, you know, the competitiveness of your market, um, you know, your industry and things like that. But I can say pretty confidently, unless you have about 20 to 30 reviews, you're not really a competitor yet in your market. And the reason why psychology goes to show that it doesn't look like you're experienced. Um, And the more experienced you are, the more that gap sort of creates. So if you're advertising online, you know, we're a family owned business for 50 years and you got eight reviews on there. People are going to be like, I don't know, what's that seems a bit weird, you know, 50 years. And they might expect that, okay, maybe it's a new site, maybe it's something like that. But if anything, is that they might think that you just moved to their area. You know, they're going to psychologically that way. So we like to say between 20 and 30 reviews is when you really can start to consider yourself a competitor. And the reason that we say that is not to say for the people out there that have five reviews or eight reviews, hey, you know, get your junk together. It's more so that if you aren't trying to get reviews, and you have those numbers, then that's what you should do next. Start trying to get reviews, put a system in place, use a software like nice job and, and start collecting more reviews. But if you have a system in place and you're not getting it, it's probably something you need to identify in either your customer journey, uh, you know, your culture, uh, your workflow in some regard to find out why you're not getting that feedback because it's probably limiting some of your potential growth in that sense. Now, when do you stop, right? Some people say, well, I've reached a hundred or I have, we hear this a lot, you know, I have a hundred more than my nearest competitor. You know, I'm a hundred at 5.0 and he's got only 12 at, you know, a, a 4.7. What, like what, how long do you have to go? Well, the only answer to that is, uh, you know, from like the mighty ducks, it's not worth winning if you can't win big. It's why not keep your foot on the gas? Because what you're instilling by trying to collect reviews you're going to get all that marketing gold that we're going to talk about in a little bit, but you're also instilling in your culture, doing things right. And that is what the undercurrent, that's the narrative. That what goes around your service area of people talking about how good you are is because of that. So really 20 to 30 is going to get you in the game. You know, that's kind of your buy-in for any poker players out there. Um, but then you want to kind of keep your foot in the gas. And I would say, depending on your industry and things like that, you want to be at least collecting like two a month. Now it depends how many you service, uh, you know, how many people you service, how many repeat customers you have. Obviously, someone left the review a month ago. You don't want them to re- refresh the review until another six to eight months. But 20 or 30 gets you in the game, about two a month is a decent pace. Conversion rate wise, probably 10% of your customers is actually pretty good from the industry standard wise. Um, obviously, at nice job. We like to get you, get you even higher than that one. But uh, that, that those are some figures I throw out. If you want to see how comfortable you should be with your total, th- those would be the metrics I'd look at. And, you know, this is something that if you do have more five-star reviews than anybody else in your market, that is things that can set you apart. Those are selling points of, hey, 
I have more five-star reviews than anybody in the greater Cincinnati airport or area, or I have more, you know, and if that's a fact, that is one of those little things that can get you more business at the end of the day. You know, that is, that definitely can be a selling point. And, you know, a lot of times people don't try to go for them five-star reviews because they don't want to ask, they forget, they don't, set it out there so what is a good way to try to keep getting those five-star reviews yeah so i'm going to give you the the big trick here the big secret um ask ask for reviews now you know and and, now is this one now is this one of those things that we're only going to ask one time or are we going to all ask multiple times well, so the best way you know we found out is that you, you get multiple asks, you kind of get them in the moment of peak happiness, then a couple times after that if they need it. But the reason that I say like the trick is to ask is so many people use the phrase, well, I don't want to beg for reviews, right? I don't want to, uh, you know, I'm not trying to go out there and, and convince them to review me. You know, if I did a good job, they should want to review me. But more often than not, the biggest obstacles for clients leaving reviews is life getting in the way. Uh, difficulty, you know, they're not familiar. A lot of times you got to remember is some people aren't out there reviewing people nonstop and business owners, they're looking at their Google, my business, they understand the process, but sometimes the everyday person doesn't really think about how to do that. So if you can set up a simple way for them to do it and you actually ask them to do it. And as part of the ask, since you know, you're going to get to that part where you're going to ask is setting them up. So preparing them for success, that's when it starts really rolling in. So to kind of break it down in a, in a step-by-step sort of way, is when you initially are talking to them, uh, whether it's the sales call, the, the estimate, you know, whatever part early on the process, is you want to kind of call your shot, right? You want to set your expectation right there. Hey, we're hoping to do a phenomenal job for you. Um, you know, we're going to ask you we're all said and done how we did. We we love for it to turn into a five star review. Uh, you know, if Google lets you do eight stars, that's actually the work we're going to do. So please do that. You know, make it a little comedic things like that. And then you set that from the step one. And then during it, when you're asking questions, things like that, you know, you kind of set it up, hey, you're doing okay. You want to make sure we're still on track, five stars, stuff like that. And then at the end, the moment of peak happiness, that's when you need to ask and you need to have them uh, ready to do it, right? And so the way Nice Job does it, it starts with a text message, right? It starts with a text message. They can click it right away, go right through. It then follows up with up to three emails at certain times later in the process. Within two weeks, the whole thing, you know, all the asks are done. But the reason that we do that style campaign is that the moment of peak happiness, when they get that text message and they're looking like, okay, then they turn around and the dog got into something, you know, or they, when they go to look at their phone and that message, their buddy's like, dude, are you watching this? And they're immediately distracted. And it's not that they didn't, they don't love your service. It's not that they don't, wouldn't want to shout it from the rooftops. It's life got in the way. And so that's where those follow-up emails from nice job really help out. The tone is different in each and every message. So it's not ask, ask, ask. It's ask. It's kind of a reminder. It's, you know, a nudge. And then it's, you know, the personal letter thing. Um, you know, nice job software also to text. So if they leave a review, they're not going to get those follow-ups. So if someone, you send them that text, they go right then and there, leave a five star. They're not going to see any of those emails. But the reason that you have the follow-up sequence is like I mentioned, you want to get them at the exact right time. And sometimes we found that on that third message, it reminds them of how good they felt at the time and how great it was is that almost tends to almost plant that seed for repeat business, right? Of like, man, this looks good now, but I know that this starts growing back again. And I, I kind of want to remember what it looks like a day one. It's like if you're in your own home and you vacuum, you're like, dude, this room's awesome. And then a week later you're like, Oh God, this room. Um, but uh, the, then uh, the other part is, and I saw like one of the comments there about, you know, Oh, I, I drop a link. 
you want to make sure that wherever you're directing them, they have the ability to leave a review there. So what Nice Job allows you to do is, you know, whether it's Google My Business or Facebook, is present those options to them, detect if they actually have those accounts, don't get sent the wrong way. Um, you know, not to even make it nice job specific, but if, if you're just using a link or you're just, you, you want to actually load it up on your phone and hand it over to them, whatever you're doing is make it easy as possible for them. So you prep them to do it. You actually ask at the right time, whether that's right at the moment, peak happiness and the follow-up and make it easy to do so. That's what goes through. We design, that's what ends up being successful. We design nice job to be simple, to be something that you didn't have to think about, but it's the core premise that it's built on is, what can we do to the enabling client to leave a review for us so that we don't have to worry about them being happy and something getting in the way? Absolutely. You know, I, I preach that, you know, we're trying to get that five-star review from the very first phone call. We're working through it. And actually, I just, I've, I've seen it somewhere and I've kind of stole it is, you know, at the end of the job, you know, you ask them, is there any reason why you would not give me a five-star review um, because then it's like you are kind of throwing that ball back into their court of, well, you either did a really good service or you did a really crappy service that you're going to tell me right now. And so those are just some things to think about when we're doing this of, you know, if you know, I've asked, I've asked, I've asked when I first got there, I asked on the phone, I asked when I first got there. And now I'm asking you, is there any reason why you would not give me one? Because if you say no, then I'm then here. Here's the link and give me a five star review. So that's exactly. Good. And there's a and go ahead. Yeah, along those same lines. Sorry to, to go over there, but we have a video on our YouTube uh, channel, the Night Show YouTube channel, from uh, Nicholas Rozier, who does HVAC uh, down in Texas, I believe. Forgive me, Nicholas, if I got that wrong. But he talks about at the end, he just gets the customer saying yes, like it's a sales process. He's like, "Hey, do we explain everything correctly?" Yes. Like, all right, uh, you know, are you happy? We, we can do an extra cleanup here. Is everything look satisfied? Yes. And when they keep saying yes, then he goes, would you mind leaving us five-star review? They're already in the pattern saying yes, but they already, you know, now they're going to. But what you've done now is you've reminded them what to put in the review. Because a lot of people are like, my customers leave reviews, but they never write anything. They just hit five stars, no no detail. Well, you can you can guide them along, let them know what's important to you. Throughout the process, you're finding out what's important to them. Uh, and, and you can get them to do it, but yeah, you're right on is lead them right into it. You know, <laughs> was it take the horse, the water and it'll drink sort of deal. Like, or you can't make a drink this time. You actually kind of can, I guess. Right. All right. So next thing I want to move on to a little bit is website. What first off, do I need a website? I'm yeah, you do. I mean, and, and there's, there's what you want your website to do is probably the the better question, right? Because some people are like, do I need a website? And why do I need a website? And they turn their website into pretty much a, a door hanger on the internet, right? It's just a flyer. There's no way to actually contact. There's no uh, you know interactivity with it. It's just an advertisement on the internet. Now, if you don't have that though, then that's actually an upgrade. I mean, don't be wrong, a door hanger, on the internet is not actually a great website, but as opposed to not having any presence online, it, it's a step up, but we feel at nice job. And the data kind of shows that your nice job should be an opportunity for people to book you, get your attention and get in contact with you. Right. So whether it's through a virtual assistant, a 24 hour virtual assistant, whether it's, you know, an online booking, anything like that is you want your website to, when people visit it, they know that they're there to book a job and they actually go to do so. So yeah, a website's incredibly important because it's your online presence and 
realistically, the people that rely on word of mouth or just referrals, you know, nine out of 10, maybe nine and a half out of 10, I don't know how you get a half person, but the number is probably more correct that way, are going to look you up anyway. So what are they finding? And a website, at the very least, is something that you control. So they're going to find things that you're presenting. So instead of being a door hanger, what makes a great website? So I we, we call our website products, uh, you know, convert or convert, whatever sort of uh, emphasis you want to put on it. Both are correct. Um, but you want your website to have people want to engage with it. And, and like I said, take an action. So book an estimate, book, uh, you know, book a job, drop, drop a contact form, anything like that. And the way that you do that is you make it very clear that your website is set up in almost two segments. There's more than that, but I'm trying to really simplify it here is this is the information that you're looking for to take this action, right? So this is our team, big old button that says, you know, consultation. This is our work, big old button that says book now, you know, this is where we're located, big old button that says, give us a call. Uh, you know, or connect with us, things like that. Now I'm, I'm using just those as like sort of simple examples of your website needs to accurately portray who you are, but the website is not an encyclopedia. And like I said, it's not a door hanger because a door hanger gives information, but you can't go through there. The website should be, this is the final bit of information you need. And now let's get started here. No, that's a good point. Big buttons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think big buttons are, are, are very good. Um, you know, with, with uh, all due respect to Bell Bib DeVoe, you can trust a big button and a smile. And so if you have both of those things on your website, you're probably in a good deal. But even if it's not the big flashy button, there are still other things you can do with the, you know, the flow of your website, the, the context of your website um, to have it. You know, some people do the really big can't miss button, but sometimes some subtle buttons, you know, kind of throughout making sure uh, pretty much I like to say that you always want to be close enough to the action button that someone doesn't have to, after they go, okay, they don't have to then go, where is it? Right. So it's almost like a fire extinguisher in a kitchen. It doesn't yeah, need to be I front love, and center, but you know where it is. I love, I love having going to websites and you go and you're like, where's their phone number? You either got to scroll all the way to the top or you got to scroll all the way to the bottom and you still can't find it. And it's like, yeah. nobody is ever going to do that. So talking about that, what makes a good converting website? Yeah. So a, a good converting website is going to um, one, be optimized for the user. Right. And so uh, one thing in particular is you look about like uh, long form uh, websites, right? And so one that's just a little one continuous column instead of a bunch of click throughs because the long page format, I think that's the best for mobile right? Because scrolling is very natural to kind of go through, but some people trying to click through, they don't want to do that. Um, and that long page format also has a natural flow while reading it, right? So you're kind of scrolling down next step, next step, next step. And that's why we talk about, you're going to have that big button, but having other buttons throughout the course, if someone's halfway through and they know, it's like, you know, when you're at the restaurant, you go through the menu and you're like, actually, yep, that's what I'm getting. Don't even need the next page here. I know that's what I'm ordering tonight. Well, that's that's how your website is going to be. Is you're you're going to constantly uh, in that long format is have these uh, you know elements that are constantly building on one another. Um, and then the other part that you're going to need for a, a great converting website is besides the clear call to action, is you're going to have uh, very succinct, very action oriented copy, right? And so you want to answer their question. Like I said, move them right along. And it sounds, sometimes the, what gets people's heads are, 
is you think about it as like a sales call or a conversation, right? Is that you wouldn't constantly after every sentence be like, all right, so can we get you signed up? But on a website, because it's visual, you actually can have that happen without it coming off as an ask. So there's a nice, great, juicy paragraph. And then instead of the top corner, right underneath it, there's that call to action. Or right at the end of the sentence, there's that call to action. You're now naturally guiding people in the direction of, okay, now it's time to take an action. And if they don't, they do a little bit of a scroll, whether it's on you know desktop or mobile, there's the next little bit that kind of goes on. You know, a lot of salesmen will say, once you got the deal closed, don't keep selling because all you're going to do is kind of annoy somebody there. Well, that's what your website should kind of do. And I think too often people get bogged down in, well, I have so many services or I have so many of this, like how do I display all these things? Well, realistically, wouldn't a better opportunity to break all that down to them would be a conversation or would be an estimate or would be after they've already booked online, get them in your ecosystem. So don't make them a fleeting visitor. Again, you don't want to be the door hanger because they can take that, look at it and not make an action. You want them to think that, Hey, you're in the right spot. Let's take that action. So I think the long format, having clear call to actions, having actionable copy, those are the things that really make it. Um, but colors play in hands. You know, I'm not the person that designs our, our convert websites. So I don't want to kind of misspeak for them and things like that, but all the strategy calls that I hear for them, they look at so many elements that all lead to your visitors taking an action. So those are the elements you're going to look at and, and things like, you know, it looking nice and, and loading fast, you know, those are the best websites, right? But what, ultimately, what if talk about that, yeah. let's go down that road of yeah. what is a good loading website? How fast should my website load and what? So it's important. So it's, it's two things is one, it's that, you know, that, that first second load time, right? So a lot of times a website can load fully, but not look like it's displayed loaded fully. Right. And what that does that that's one what search engine, uh, you know, search engines are looking for are these quick viable websites because the goal of a search engine, which in almost every sort of thing, whether it's reviews, something like that, the goal of the search engine is they're answering queries, right? So they're trying to take in all this data and figure out, well, what's the best thing they can display and a website that loads quickly um, and, and, you know, processes quickly to that, that first second load time uh, that, that is really going to be uh, more, advantageous, but also more attractive is the word I was looking for, uh, for those search engines. Um, I will say this quick, I mean, the answer is as quick as you possibly can, but I will say if you have something that's slowing down your load time, figure out what it's doing after the website's fully loaded. And that'll give you the answer whether it's worthwhile or not. And so a lot of times people get bogged down with these animations or these videos and things that really slow down load time. And I go, well, if someone's already waited five seconds to get here, right? And they got, they, they're like me, they got, they got the ADHD, they need it now, 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 now. They already waited five seconds. Do you think they're going to make it an extra 30 even to get to the end of your video, right? Do you think they're going to make it? Th- so is it worth it at that point? Um, so yeah, it, it's uh, the, you can, people get bogged down the exact science, this one and that one and this tier and that tier, but just think of it from a psychological perspective. The quicker you can get them there, the more likely they're going to stay in that ecosystem. And that's ultimately what you want. Yeah, I agree. Um, I know I actually looked at one of the nice job website, Cloud9. He has really good success. He's ranking really good with it. 
and it loads less than a second. And a lot of times, you know, we go in and, and a lot of times there's nothing we can do other than upgrading our hosting and stuff like that. You know, a lot of times our hosting, we go with a budget hosting and a shared hosting and we wonder why we're getting five, six, seven seconds of why it's taking so long. Um, and, and a lot of times it's because the hosting is a shared hosting. So we're sharing that hosting yeah. with all these other people and then it won't allow it to do it. Um, I had a guy that I was working on his AdWords and he's like, Jason, my AdWords aren't converting. What's wrong with it? And I went and I loaded it in there and it was taking like 12 seconds to load this website. And I'm like, that's because everybody with ADD, which is 90% of the country, is already backed out by the time that your website loads. So you're not even getting that at the end of the day. So load time is very, very important. And that's why like, we we have a you know a free widget called Engage, right? You can use it on any website. It doesn't have to be a convert site. You can use the Engage widget, and it's real-time social proof uh, that it kind of appears in the corner. It'll show recent reviews, also show recent bookings, depending on the CRM that you have. But it's funny is that a lot of times you get other web designers, so people that don't have convert sites, they're designing sites on their own. Then they add the Engage widget. And th there, there was a little bit of criticism. We, we've kind of fixed some things kind of our end to make sure, but some are like, well, yeah, like, well, it looks like it added an extra second to my load time. And we're like, well, you know, we don't want to do that. We don't, you know, we want to try to keep it as quickly as possible. We look at it, but then we look and it added one second onto the seven seconds they have from all their gifts and all the other things. So at that point, it's like, all right, well, not the age thing. Because once they say they sit through there, the fact that they're getting real-time social proof showing in the corner, that's actually helping the conversion rate. So again, you got to think of more, sometimes I, I always want to say business owners, do think sometimes psychologically, you definitely will look at numbers. You definitely want to look at, um, you know, guidelines and stats, like, you know, things are going to help you rank and things of that nature. But also think about the human element that once they get there, if you made someone, uh, what is it like if, if you have a juicy steak coming out and you see the waiter holding it and it's coming along and you get it and you see you lock eyes with the waiter, but he's already on the other side of the room, the anticipation builds and that steak better taste phenomenal because now I want it and I got to wait the 12 seconds for him to get over here. Well, they get the same thing as a website. If you have a slow load speed, you better be able to knock their socks off in a second and a half because that's all the time you have left. So the quicker it loads, then they can dive in. So sometimes we've built, you know, we talk about the long form and trying to have it as one page as possible. But sometimes there is, you know, navigational pages that are needed and things like, a, you know, uh, an extensive review page or extensive showroom page, things of that nature. Well, get them into that ecosystem. Quick load page on your homepage. And then they start clicking through to search other things. That's the line pulling. Now you're just rolling in. You're reeling in the fish at this point. So again, the last thing you want, and you touched on it, last thing you want is them to come in, look around, and leave. Get them in, get them looking at something, and then start really nurturing them in your ecosystem. And one thing you can do is, is you can go to gtmetric.com to see how fast your website. And if it's if it's slower than four, I always say I want my website faster than four seconds. If you're slow in four seconds, you need to start working on getting it faster than that. But GT Metrics is a way that you can go test your website to see how long it's taking you to load. Um, yeah. Website. So we talked about websites. We talked about reviews. Do these two interchange with each other? Does the website helps if, if we have our Google My Business link to our website and our reviews, does that help our ranking overall? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the easiest way I can describe this is it's user-generated content. It makes your website look fresh, makes your website look viable. 
right? So the more reviews you're collecting, if you're sharing them on your website in various forms, whether it's, you know, a nice job stories widget, whether you're going in manually and retyping it in, uh, something like that, you're taking the long form there. Either way, it's going to be something new that's posted to your website. And the more things are posted new, the more Google actually puts a magnifying glass up to it and says, why is this so popular? Why is this, you know, continually active? And that's going to bump it up because again, they're trying to answer that query. And they're like, well, not only does this answer it because of this, this, and this, but the fact that there are people, user-generated content appearing on this site here, that shows us that this is the answer that is the most uh, effective for majority of people. So that's kind of where the full circle goes. Nice job made the shift to reputation marketing as opposed to just reputation management to kind of talk about that full cycle thing, which is going to do a great job, getting a five-star review, using that five-star review uh, in your marketing, to you know, help you rank, to help your web presence, using that to collect more uh, customers, giving them an easy pathway to book you, you know, through the conference and things like that, and then the easy review, and then it becomes the full cycle there. So the the best thing about reviews is reviews can help you on its own. So if you didn't have a website, but you just had a really strong Google My Business and you had a really strong web presence, or you know, you're only on social, so you're getting Facebook recommendations, you know, you're sharing Facebook recommendations to your Twitter account and your LinkedIn page. Even if you didn't have that that big behemoth of the website thing, you're still going to be more viable for search queries, things in map, uh, you know, the map pack and things like that, because of all this content that's being generated around your business. So to take it out of the digital realm is the more people are talking about you, the more people are going to start referring you from the informational standpoint. So yeah, hand in hand, if your website is loading quickly, uh, you know, is, is optimized with, you know, on-page SEO, you throw a little, you know, off-page SEO behind it, give it a little, a little kick there. That review thing is going to be that lifeblood. So if one's the gasoline and one's the oil, you need both to run the engine effectively. Yep. 100%. So what does on-site SEO mean? So on-page SEO um, really is, uh, it's the SEO that's kind of included um, within your website, uh, you know, all the elements in it without any sort of, uh, I don't want to say any outside sort of resources, but um, it's all the things that that happen um, directly on the website, right? But off-page is kind of like the opposite. So it's what you're improving your overall uh, beyond like what uh, your website edits. So that could be, you know, your Google My Business listing technically will, will account a part of that. Uh, you know, customer reviews actually help us off-page SEO because it's a whole other, uh, you know, contributing factor and things on that. There is a debate back and forth on which is kind of more important. Um, I would say from the personal standpoint, not even representing nice job here, I think your on-page SEO is actually going to give you a stronger foundation to build off of as opposed to doing a lot of off-page SEO efforts and then having a website that's going to bring that down, if that makes sense. Yeah, this is a great question right here. Thoughts on white hat and black hat SEO? Uh, I, I think you might be more, uh, you might have a better answer for this one than, than I might. Uh, so I mean, I'd love to default that to you first there on that one. Uh, do not do black hat SEO. Yes, you might be able to get ranked in a day, two days, week, but you will be gone and you will get um, you will get suspended with Google. You will get on their list and you will not do anything after that period. Um, and, even, yep. you know, I wouldn't even go as far as gray hat. You know, a lot of times the black hat SEO way back in the day was, you know, you would put your keywords and you had so many hundred keywords and you would show up and then 
a bird came out, penguin, one of them, and guess what? You got blacklisted. And then they would they would make them where the, the words were actually the color of the page. So if your page is white, you had all these keywords in the backlist. And that's some of the blacklist or black hat. Yeah. That is a big no, no, period. Don't do it. it. And here's the thing. If 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 Google thinks you can manipulate the system or beat the system or play the system, they're going to find a way that's going to cut you down on your feet at real fast. Um, so I would highly, highly recommend you don't ever try to fall into that black SEO. You know, there's lots of different ways of SEO on paid on site SEO is good. Getting your reviews, doing local SEO is good. If you write good blogs can help your SEO, you know, content marketing and links is still good, but not to say to do the black hat links of going on Fiverr and buying 5,000 links. That's bad. Yeah. Um, you know, in your links, you really want to be local links too. So, you know, ways to get these links can be Hey, maybe there's a festival going on in your town at this church. And if you donate money, they will give you a link. That is a good link. Or yeah. maybe you done some work for the realtor's office and they love you and you ask them to write a blog post or you write a blog post for them on their page so that that will link back to you. So don't yeah, do but, black hat. Go yeah, the, the reason the reason I had, had you go first on that was right before we started recording, we were, we were actually talking about this exact same thing. But I'll echo that, and I'll add on that the thing about doing any black hat, you know, sort of tactics, things like that, it is a kind of deliberate attempt at manipulation. And at the very least, it's not going to get any additional support. So if you're doing SEO the right way, you know, you're, you're saying white hat things like that, search engines, you know, other other entities out there will actually boost from time to time, like look to work. You'll be able to get help, be able to get resources, or at the very least, you know, if it became a, a dispute or, a, you know, need for a technical support thing, you're kind of in line. So it's the whole thing of like, you know, if you're cheating on your taxes, the last thing you want to do is have to call the IRS for something because now you got to kind of do it. So if you're trying to manipulate search engines and you're trying to be greasy with them, then all of a sudden you get a fake review on your Google My Business, you're going to have to call them and they may take a look at you. So honestly, in the long run, you may get, I don't even say you may get a short-term benefit because I think more often than not, you're going to be shooting yourself in the foot. But any small gains you think you might be getting by manipulating and doing black hat, and as you kind of talked about, even living in the gray hat area, it, it's more than likely going to collapse. So if you're risky, if you think that you can get in and get out enough, then that that might be the only sort of viable thing. But I've yet to hear of someone that's done black hat successfully enough for long enough. I've heard of small time gains. I've heard of little things, but I've never heard of anything that actually was a foundation built on success. And, you know, some of this can even go to even getting reviews, you know, in Google, my business, you're not allowed to offer anything for a five-star review. You're not allowed to say, here's $10 if you do that. Um, Now, the likelihood of them catching you doing that is probably slim, but you never know. Somebody could write on there, hey, he, he gave me $10 for giving this review which would probably throw a red flag to Google and to do that. Um, You know, there's lots of, you know, black hat things or gray hat things of, you know, how to rank, how to do things. The only thing I'm going to say is, is be careful because here's the thing. I'm going to give one other thing. You know, there's a lot of videos out here right now of how people are 
doing their Google My Business. So if you put power washing, pressure washing in your business name on Google My Business, there's a pretty good chance you're going to rank in the top three, period, no matter what you do. Now, if, if there's people out there teaching and there's a bunch of videos on of how to submit those to Google. So if Google, if somebody submits you into Google because you wanted to put pressure washing, but pressure yep. washing isn't in your name, now you got you could be blacklisted at that point. And so those are some things that you got to be careful with. And that's what we talked about. If you if you go in that black hat sort of range, someone reaches out and now you have to answer for it. So it's kind of playing it straight. You know, we, we just had a podcast episode on on what Google wants from your Google My Business. Uh, and it was funny that Google is way more on the tactics than people kind of think they are. Uh, and so, again, you might get away for it a little bit, but I guarantee there's someone at Google working on the one thing you're trying. And all they're trying to work on is how to identify it and then kind of slowly sort of weed it out. But, you know, Google also gives you everything. I'm just using them as an example, like everything to succeed as well. They tell you exactly what they want. They show you things that you can do. And again, something competitive. I do think sometimes the business owners overthink for the customer and they're so worried about being like number one, end all, be all. But again, if you're number one and your website looks like junk and your service is crap, it's not going to mean anything. There's a lot of people that rank on the top page of Google that don't actually get satisfied customers repeat business and all the things that actually make their business grow. All they get is a cool little thing that they can brag about. But again, I still think it's possible, especially in North America, that being a good business, doing things the right way and being passionate and effective about it, you know, so making sure that you're maximizing and optimizing all the white hat things that you're going to be more successful in the long run. And if you're in it for a quick buck, then okay, maybe a little bit greasy, but if you're trying to make a living, you're trying to be successful, you're trying to make an impact on the world the right way to do things will actually benefit you. You know, and that's something that, you know, I was talking to a couple of, um, well, Jeremy Main from um, up in Detroit, you know, he's kind of went through the causation of um, going for a cause, working for a cause. And, you know, he has a story behind it and he's very passionate about breast cancer and he's named his, his truck, um, you know, um, pink pride, um, pro wash, you know? And so these are some things that he's done and it's, you know, some people could say it's kind of slimy, but no, you know, his mom died when she was 40 years old, his mom, well, breast cancer, his mom died when he was 22 years old. And so this is why he's doing what he does. And this is the dude that I was saying, he went from a garbage man to doing, going to do over $300,000 this year and just the pressure washing business. And so, and by him doing this, he's able to get links from those local um, organizations of breast cancer and stuff because he's donating money to them. He's doing different things to be able to help grow his business. And that's optimizing for the human audience, right? I mean, that's like white hat in a nutshell is that what is the human audience want to know there? And the fact that he is driven by that, that is well within his you know prerogative and right and perspective to share that because that's a core pillar of his business. Uh, you know, all these tactics, the, the black hack tactics, it's all about, you're trying to optimize, you know, uh, for, for this, this non-human audience, you're just trying to gain the system. Well, you know, you're going to crap out. You're, you're going to roll seven. You're going to be done for the day. And, and at the end of the day, Google is getting smarter and smarter. And here's the thing, you know, Google is doing a lot of stuff where, you know, they're, you're getting a lot of your questions answered and not even going onto a website. So that's not going to help you in your black hat situation at the end of the day. 
Yeah, not only is Google getting you know smarter and smarter, they're getting more powerful. Like that's actually how you have to look at it. They're getting more powerful, and so you know we we all hope it's that 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 Google still cares and, and, and you know kind of goes thing. But think about it: if they change to these guidelines that were unreasonable, well, what 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 would you do? You know, it's still the most powerful search engine there. Now, you know, I, I, this isn't my opinion on Google or anything like that, but just remember, not only are they getting smarter, but they're also getting more powerful. So why would that be something you want to disrupt? And this is, don't put that in any other context. I'm just talking about the, the, the Google sort of sense. I'm not saying don't, don't fight the power every time and now and again, but uh, you know, in this, in this instance, like I said, if, if you're going to try to do that, make sure you have a solution. And if you get on their bad side, make sure you have a solution. So why not just stay on the good side, do the things that they're asking you to do. And again, there is ways to optimize. There is a way to to get ahead. You know, it is a, a game in some sorts. You know, like I said, I come from a sports background. Everyone has to play within the same set of rules, but a team wins and a team loses. So yeah, ranking is still competitive. There's still things you can do to, to maximize and optimize. We talked about getting reviews. The reason you want to keep your foot on the gas and keep collecting reviews is someone else could have a better way of presenting it to their customers that, that they come in and they could catch up on your heels. So Again, there's enough competition there without you having to go and, and try to bend rules, break rules, and, and ultimately get yourself in some trouble. All righty. So I want to talk a little bit about Nice Job and what they can do. And, and one thing I want to hit on before we get down the road here is they can do websites and Google or the review side of things. So tell me a little bit about the website thing. And, and the reason why I want to push this a little bit is, is you know, a lot of times people say, well, it's $100 a month, whatever it is. And, you know, that's just, that sounds expensive. Well, I want to tell you something. For you to get a website to rank under one second, you're going to be paying WP Engine over 100 bucks a month just to be hosted there. So that way you can do the, get it to rank that high and stuff like that. So, you know, it is a good deal at the end of the day. So tell me a little bit about the website, of what all, what all that goes on with the website side of things. Yeah. So the one thing I will say about, and again, it's a convert site or convert site, uh, and it is a little bit of a joke. You can pronounce it either way, but pretty much if you convert someone into something, they are now a convert. So it doesn't matter how you pronounce it. It's actually Canadian U.S. thing. But um, what the site's designed to do is take visitors to your website and make them take an action. Uh, the you know ninety nine dollars a month, uh, you know what you're paying for just in that sort of ticket is the fact that you have a, a dedicated team that's testing, trying to optimize your site, that's available if you need a change, you send a message to us, we make that change you know, as soon as we possibly can and, and get you going, things like that. We're constantly looking and sending you strategies that perhaps can make things a bit better, you know, things like that. So you have a whole team with you. And so the website itself, the actual product that if you had a nice job building a convert site and a couple months down the road, you decide you're not really feeling it and you wanna go, those couple elements that you're going to be able to take. So some of the on-page SEO stuff, uh, you know, you're, we're not going to be able to kind of transfer that over, but you're not losing your website. You, you own, you know, the parts that matter. That is actually, you know, that that's sort of a one-off sort of transaction. So the monthly fee you're getting is this optimization, um, but it's also, you know, you're going to get lead generating design. It's going to be optimized for search engines. Uh, and, and we like to feel like that's going to be like the last website you need because it's going to fill this role within your business which is to get people that have found you online and get them taken action, whether it's booking, calling, 
whatever that action is that you want it to be. And the reason that we focus on conversion rate is again, that's what keeps business flowing. So, you know, the fast load times and all that stuff, that's all because that helps convert people. If we found out that the highest conversion rate, you know, that, oh my God, 90% of the people that visit this site are now booking jobs. And that site for some reason took longer to load, or that site was uh, only used the color green or something like that. There was definitive data that proved that this was going to be the best thing for converting customers, that's something we would suggest for your website. Now, the data says quick load speed, stuff like that. We're, we're hammering that home, but we're, it's a data-driven website. Uh, but the team behind it, uh, which I'll, I'll toot their horn, they're phenomenal professionals. They are incredibly friendly. Some of the nicest uh, people on the Nice Job staff, which is legendarily known for being a, you know, a kind and, and supportive staff. Um, and it's, it's a team that actually cares. You know, we got in this business to help companies, you know, grow and to get them the reputation they deserve. And our website product, like I said, is a specialized tool that's going to help you no matter what you are, whether you're just starting out or whether you're, you know, someone looking to take a franchise level or you're a big, you know, corporation with a million locations, a convert site is designed to get you more leads and sales. In fact, we have a guarantee 10% more sales, uh, or it's free. So, with, with that sort of guarantee, you know, and the fact that you get within your dashboard, you see the metrics. So it's not like we can tell you it's doing well. You actually get to see if it's doing well. That, that's what we designed the site to do. And, and that's why we stand so confidently behind it. And then on the review side of things, how does that work? Yeah. So it's, you know, it's really industry leading uh, in that sort of thing. So uh, the review campaign, we are right now, our standard plan is $75 a month. Uh, no contracts. Uh, you can start with a free trial. Um, so we want to make sure it works for you before, before we even go even further. Um, but what it does is it gives you this incredible software that you could use once you set it up, you can automate it and never really have to look at it. Um, and what it's going to do is going to help you get two to three times more reviews, uh, because it's going to give you, as we talked about towards the top, this campaign in which you are able to request a review from your client. I'll send them a text message right away. Uh, then up to three emails if needed at, at key points uh, for follow-ups. If they leave a review at any point during it, they don't get any of those follow-up sequences. So never spammy, never feels unwanted. Um, but also the platform itself, it can integrate with certain CRMs. So whether it's a, like a Jobber, uh, you know, House Call Pro or something like that, where the information in those softwares automatically transfers a nice job. You can automatically trigger reviews. So you close a job, you know, finish a job in Jobber, automatically triggers a nice job to do its thing. Um, and then you also get the review insights. So review insights, we just released a brand new one called topic insights, which is machine learning, which is going to take your reviews, the context of your reviews, the words in there. And unlike other ones where it like just picks out keywords and has no context or sentiment, this one's going to give you an accurate depiction of what your reviews are saying, what topics are being talked about in your reviews, both positive and negative. So there might be negative topics in some of your good reviews that you might be missing. You can find these things out. You can make changes. You can double down on some marketing efforts. Um, you know, you can do all those great insights. You, we have an employee leaderboard, so you can tell what technicians are getting the best reviews. You know, who's out there crushing it? Whether you want to do it for performance pay reasons or you know, just to know internally your culture. So the nice job review software, the the headline, what everyone you know starts drooling about and loving, is the fact that you're getting two to three times more reviews and an absolutely easy to use, super effective software. But now it's growing even more that you're going to have insights for marketing gold. And, and you know, I, I would ask anyone out there, I, you know, I know you have the link there that's going to get them set up. You know, if, if you're not ready to sign up right away after my impassioned speech here, 
let us give you a demo. Let, let, let us show you how it works for you. Um, you get to meet that staff I talked about. Uh, but yeah, we, we love to do it and, and we love to get out there because we wanted to build these, these products to be easy and simple to use. But to, again, our tagline is getting great companies the reputation they deserve because if you're a company that is doing garbage work, you're mean to your customers, you overcharge and all that stuff, nice job is going to make it really, really easy for your customers to tell you about it. But if you're a company that's doing great work, Nice job's gonna make it really easy for it to work for you. And I know that it works for a fact of, as in, I know I just talked to Jonathan Maynard when I went up there with the class in DC, and you know he was saying that he wasn't getting hardly any reviews at all. And when he signed up with Nice Job, he's getting like ten reviews a week just because of how the algorithm does know when to send, how to send, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and so that is definitely something. Um, one of the questions here, does it work with Marquette yet or is it just not, are you with them or no? Yeah, so we are integrated with uh, Marquette. The way it works with them, uh, it's one of their add-ons. But then when you sign up with Nice Job, we, we give you for the first little bit that I think it's like a, a $10 back or a $10 credit. So Marquette charges you kind of 10 bucks to integrate Nice Job and then Nice Job gives you kind of 10 bucks, things like that. But yeah, we do we do integrate with them. Um, so it takes out their their review request and, and it allows you to trigger Nice Job automatically. Um, and, and uh, yeah, so market and there's a couple other CRMs that we're starting to work on as well. Sean asked, would this be available in Newfoundland? So Newfoundland, uh, Canada, I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so we're, uh, we like to say we're available uh, pretty much anywhere where, where English is the common language. Uh, but I will say, because uh, obviously this is a text message out, um, you know, with some local laws, things like that. But Newfoundland, I think absolutely we are available to do so. Um, I am an American at a proudly Canadian company. So I know they would love uh, uh, to work for you guys uh, over there on the East Coast as well. Um, at the very least, I hope it works because I want to visit Newfoundland. So, you know, I want to get an opportunity to go out there. The next question does nice job hold customer information and invoices. So the we are not a CRM in that regard. So you can manually put in customer information and manually trigger requests uh, if you'd like. You can upload your contacts through a CSV file. Um, the, a lot of reasons we integrate with CRMs is so that that information you're already put in there. So like Marky, I think was what you asked before. It'll kind of transfer over. However, we also have integrations with things like QuickBooks. So within your nice job dashboard, you can get a complete customer profile, but you cannot send invoices through nice job. Like you can't do like the, the actual accounting kind of in there and things like that. Um, and, but you could put like job information necessarily within nice job. Um, however, with more of the integrations and some of the trigger we're working with, we're trying to make your nice job dashboard as informative of some of those other ones. But if you're looking, for example, an invoicing software, I would not recommend Nice Job for it because we don't actually do that. Um, and this kind of goes with it. And I'm going to hit on this a little bit because it's the same thing. Does it work with House Call Pro? And the way this works is um, it, with any CRM, a lot of times is so like if you are at a job and so you can do it a couple different ways, rather you hit on the invoices paid, it will automatically go to Nice Job and start hammering down at that point. Um, I know Bobby Walker does when his technician talks to the customer, they yep. hit a button, they can type in that customer name and then right then and there, it will start that series. So instead of waiting for that invoice to get sent, now it's getting hit right soon as we talk and, and, and that way it starts that process. 
Yeah, the Bobby Walker process, I would say, is probably the one I'd recommend the most. I know for some people it's adding one small bit to their workflow, but I think manually triggering the review request allows you, as I mentioned before, to get them at the moment of peak happiness. Um, as for replacement of House Call Pro, it is not a replacement of House Call Pro. The best way you probably think about it is a, kind of an upgrade on the review side of it. So imagine getting all the power of House Call Pro, all the power of Java, all the power of Market, and then adding in this, you know, industry standard that this this leader of nice job is going to come in and make your views that much better so if you're using house call pro you can use nice job uh aligns uh perfectly you can do it one of two ways as as you kind of said there you can have it automated where you never let it go in the nice job and it kind of all runs in the background triggered automatically um or you can use it as i said where the data kind of transfers over but you can go ahead and hit the manual request there but yeah we integrate with a, a bunch of crms if there's one that you have that i haven't heard of things like that Usually we try to, whenever we learn about a new CRM, is try to get them on the phone, try to get something built. Some are a little bit more helpful than others, um, but we would love to make nice jobs something, while it's super powerful, if you dive into it, we always want to make sure that you have the ability to be super effective with it as something that you don't have to spend a ton of time in. Um, Charles, Wild Wild West, Jason, throw in the link. This is the link right here, pressurewashhelp.com slash nice job. You'll get the same thing. You'll buy me a cup of coffee when you do it. Um, it's also down in the description too. So I and you can buy me a cup of coffee, and I actually I don't drink coffee, so uh, you'll be buying me a sweet tea or something so I can stay fat. Um, I will say you use uh, that link uh, right there. Um, but if for some reason you you don't do it right now, which you should, um, just. Go to nicejob.com and when you sign up, let them know that this is where you heard it from and we'll make sure that, you know, that that's kind of noted things like that. But yeah, use that link above and you'll be set and good to go. All right. So this one's going to be a tough question, but I'm gonna, I'm going to let it fly since it was a question. Okay. Mike, Mikey asked, nice job only has 3.5 stars. Yeah. So uh, I'm wondering, I'm wondering where that would kind of uh, be listed the 3.5 one. Uh, with that being said though, uh, because I would like, my only answer to that is, is that having five stars and only five stars, um, gets you kind of in that uncanny value. It doesn't seem believable enough, but I will tell you that nice job. We ask every single person that has ever interacted with us in some sort of business capacity to leave a review. There are some people again, where we did not set the expectations and perhaps they left a bad review, but I don't know where we are. 3.5. Uh, I know a couple places were 4.6, I think it was 4.8, maybe on G2. Um, I don't know where it would be at 3.5, but uh, my only sort of response to that is uh, I can prove that wrong pretty easily. Just go ahead, sign up for a trial, and let's prove that wrong for you. All right. This is a super chat, $20 from Marvin. Thanks for all the information on your videos. Just me and my wife um, worked the last seven days, second year in business. We just hit $6,200 in one week. Our biggest month was 6000 last year. It's getting crazy. Thanks for everything. And so that is what I like. This, that, you know, when I went to Texas and I met a lot of you awesome guys, I know you all been talking about Keith Kelfis and different things on in the chat as we were talking here. That is what makes me excited is to see you guys, see you get to the next level. You know, I had several people come up to me um, and, you know, trying to quit their full time job, trying to go full time pressure washing and trying to come overcome the fears that come with it. And so when reading that right there, that's awesome. That means you're going to break a $10,000 month. And so when you can do that, that is life changing at the end of the day. It's phenomenal. Um, how does nice job 
compared to bird eye? So, uh, incredibly cheaper, um, much more, uh, connected staff, I'd say, it's a little bit smaller things that, um, bird eye as a, as a competitor to nice job. The one thing you'll get with bird eye is you kind of get a catch all on a couple of different things. Um, I will say it's, I, I, I don't personally do the like uh, this versus that sort of deal. Um, but what I can tell you with Nice Job is that we are reputation marketing, not reputation management. So Bird Eye is kind of reputation management, which is they, I don't know if they still do things like review gating, which is like where you ask for feedback and they say it bad. Instead of them leaving a review, it goes to like an email or something like that. That sort of policy review gating is against Google's policy. If you get caught doing that, it's going to cause a ton of uh, you know bad problems for you down the line. Um, so with, with nice job being reputation marketing now is one, making sure we're completely, uh, compliant, uh, and completely great. Um, but also it's focusing on that one thing, right? And so the one thing that we're focusing on is allowing you to get the reputation you deserve and then use that to grow your business. So the comparison on that sense is nice job has a focus and a dedication on what we're trying to do out there is reputation marketing. Uh, whereas bird eye dabbles in reputation management because something is a catch-all software, you kind of have to do so. You see it with light CRMs as well. It's the same reason that, you know, house call and, and market and a couple of those have this kind of like review light sort of deal um, because you kind of make it a catch-all in that sense. So nice job, more dedicated and more uh, specific to your goals. Awesome. So we're right at about an hour. So what is some things or last words that you would give as things that people can do to help them grow their business? Uh, so if you want to grow your business, uh, I think the one thing you need to do is don't be afraid of feedback. We talked about reviews um, as being kind of a, an official word of feedback. Make sure you're also listening to your technicians, uh, you know, people involved in your company and, and, and ask a lot of questions, things like that. And then finally is, you know, if you're out there doing all the right things, know that you have tools and softwares and strategies out there. You have shows like this one right here. They're going to help you. And so all I can say to you, uh, as much as I would love to pull this into like a nice job tagline is all I want to say to you out there. If you're watching this is like kudos to you for trying to get better each and every day. Keep that up. Keep talking to, you know, people that you trust, people that you like and try to find out. And if you do something, you get some success, go ahead and pay it forward. Cause we're all in this boat together. Um, you know, we're all on the same planet that yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. But realistically, um, you know, for you is, is go out there, do the right things, help the world, make an impact and get that great reputation you deserve and, and go forth with it. So pretty simple, high level there, but honestly, that's the thing that, that gets us all going. And the most successful people will say that same sort of thing. Um, they just kind of do it in a 40 minute Ted talk for some reason. Awesome. Awesome. Again, you can go check out pressurewashhelp.com slash nice job. I want to go right now. I haven't put his website down or the um, YouTube channel down here. I'll put the YouTube and the podcast down here. So that way, if you want to go check out um, Sean's podcast, he's got, he, he brings in some really cool um, podcasts out there. So um, I've been watching some of them. He did one on Google My Business the other day or two, um, a two-part series, which was really good about Google My Business. And so there's some awesome things that he does to do that. So Again, thanks for coming on, Sean, and we're going to jump off here and hang on. So, All right, guys, that is all the time we have for today's show on the King of Pressure Wash podcast. I know you found this as exciting as I did. If you appreciate the work we do it here at King of Pressure Wash, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. 
and give this episode a five-star review. I would appreciate it very much. This helps me get to other people so that they can be successful just like you can be also. And if you're looking to start and grow your own pressure washing business to give you and your family financial freedom, time freedom, be sure to sign up at thekingofpressurewash.com so you can be the king of pressure washing in your area.